G'day there. Welcome to Lunch Money. Uh, my name is Nick Samios. Uh, I am the fund manager and uh, director here at Hermes Capital, and uh, I am your Lunch Money host. Um, Lunch Money is, of course, uh, the home of uh, workout capital raising um, professionals. What are we? Workouts and capital raising and special situations professionals. There you go. That's our tagline. Um, and uh, we love small business here at Lunch Money. That's what I do for a day job is is um, is help out small business with working capital needs and what have you. And we have a very special guest today um, to talk to us about the current challenges facing small business. And without further ado, I'm going to introduce that guest and it is none other than David Gandolfo. How are you going, David? Very well, Nick. How are you going, mate? I am very well indeed. Now, David uh, is a number of things. He is the Chair of Advocacy at CAFBA. Uh, he is a board member for now for COSBOA. I think you, you, you've got some tenure left? I've got, yeah, I'm actually, uh, I'll be I'll be finishing during June. But, uh, but I've been are, on the board for nine years. And you are, of course, a partner at Quantum Business Finance. Uh, and you are not just David Gandolfo. You are David Gandolfo OAM. And um, I, I'm not entirely sure why you've got the OAM, but let me tell you why you should have the OAM. If you don't have the OAM for saving small business finance in Australia, that you should get another one. Uh, I know that uh, there's been some times when well-meaning, shall we say, uh, well-meaning uh, government ministers at a federal level have wanted to tinker with the way small businesses borrow money. And I remember there was a time when David had uh, had stepped down from being president of, of, of CAFPA, the uh, Commercial uh, Asset Finance Brokers Association, and I sent David a message saying it's time for Batman to put his cape back on. <laughs> and uh, Batman did, did put his cape back on and fought those good fights. So um, uh, I, 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 whilst I, I know that all your peers in commercial finance know what you've done, I don't, you know, it's impossible for small business to realise uh, what you've spared them from. And you and your colleagues, obviously. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Nick. The, um, uh, and, and it was about uh, all of it. The, the actual, when, you, when you get the, uh, the, an honour like that, the Order of Australia, it's, uh, you get a citation of the things that were taken into account. And it was... Yeah, all of that stuff, all the advocacy that was done uh, or that has been done and has still been done over many, many years and uh, and this specific things like Productivity Commission and the Royal Commission uh, into uh, finance and, uh, as you say, changing the rules that, or, or dealing with uh, politicians and just shaping policy and perhaps making them aware of unintended consequences of things that may or may not happen. Uh, but the big, uh, one of the first big ones that we had was uh, in 2013 when we uh, were successful in stopping consumer regulations coming into the into the commercial finance space. And what's good in theory is not always good in practice. It would have been, uh, it's okay to have protections for, for small business and remediation and fair contract terms. And of course, that's as it should be. But if, if you started to impose the credit process uh, for commercial, for small business on the commercial, it just wouldn't have worked. Uh, also yeah, I, well, that was the, that was the specific time where I think you had, uh, I guess you're a little bit like Muhammad Ali. You've had a few comebacks, um, but but that was, I think, your your first comeback was to uh, to come back to fight that good fight, and it was just as well that you did because there were other small business advocacy groups that uh, thought that at a high level, this sort of consumer style protection of small business was a great idea, um, but they had to listen to to um, to CAFPA to understand that it basically would mean that small business lending would would dry up. I mean, you know, and and. Uh, with disastrous consequences. Well, uh, so you obviously know the story. That, that was that's a good segue to Cosboa. So Cosboa was uh, it, 
for those who are not aware, COSBOA is the Council of Small Business Organisations Australia, and basically its members are industry bodies like the Pharmacy Guild and the Master Grocers, the, um, the hairdressers and the news agents and so forth. So, and, uh, so we went to COSBOA some years ago when they were proposing that uh, consumer regulation and protections should apply to small business because small businesses are people uh, and we explained what the difference would be if that happened. And yes, remediation, debt remediation, contract terms, all those sorts of things, absolutely couldn't agree more. But uh, credit process was never going to work. And uh, we convinced them of that. They changed their policy and invited us to actually join COSBOA. And, uh, uh, and very soon after that, I became a board member. Yeah, I can only imagine that uh, Cosboa would be that much better off uh, with, with with CAFPA. There's just no, I, I couldn't imagine it w without it, to be honest with you. Um, so you've been on the board of Cosboa for a number of years now. Now, Cosboa has um, has released this uh, perspectives report. So, um, you know, tell us tell us what the Cosboa perspective report is, just just to sort of by way of introducing that. Okay, well, it's a, basically a deep, I don't want to use it, paraphrase the, the CEO who said this yesterday, but it's a, a deep dive into what's happening in small business at the moment. Um, it was It's a report that was commissioned by COSBOA, sponsored by the Commonwealth Bank, uh, and COSBOA's got about 40 members, organisations who are members, uh, who in turn have hundreds of thousands of uh, businesses, small businesses who employ literally millions of people. So uh, there was a lot of insight. There's a huge pool of information, and this is like the human data that comes out of small business. You know, the banks have got their metadata and they know what's happening, you know, through their uh, transactional terminals and through their uh, uh, PDAs and things. But the, uh, uh, this was about the human data. And so uh, the things that were found is that there's, uh, and I think you've well, got a slide. Yeah, just, just before you go to that, just before you go yeah. to that, ju just so people understand, it's the Council of Small Business Organisations. So, so COSBOA yeah. is getting input uh, you know, obviously from commercial finance brokers, I, I think the last time I looked, you know, like there's the News Agents Association. And I mean, what's just, just give us a few, a bit of a spattering of the sorts of small business associations that are in there. Okay, so uh, uh, the Pharmacy Guild is, is, is a, obviously a very large and prominent one. Um, the, the Australian Hairdressing Council, um, the association which represents, or the Master Grocers Association, uh, the association which represents news uh, news agents. In fact, there's two that uh, represent news agents. There's um, uh, those who rest uh, uh, the national retailers and the booksellers. Um, there's all sorts of organisations which form part of Cosboa. Uh, so and the various the various every, industry representations. Every yeah, the various industry, virtually every industry that's uh, that that makes up small business is represented um, at Cosboa or through Cosboa. And so you've got the Business Council, the BCA, which represents uh, Telstra, Qantas, the major uh, companies. Cosboa is the small business equivalent. Yeah. Okay. So, so based on uh, based on the, the report, um, you know, what are the most pressing challenges that are currently facing small business in the country, and and what are the potential impacts on the overall economy? Well, perhaps just go back to you know where we draw the, drew the data from, and and, uh, yeah. and what we found initially is there's oh, okay, thank you. There's a slide there. Um, it, uh, small business in Australia employs about 6.8 million Australians. Uh, it's the largest employer uh, of people in Australia. Um, it's, uh, it generates about $68 billion in um, net income tax, um, $856 billion in revenue, and $19 billion in, uh, in net GST to the state. So it's a, you know, it's a, it's a, it is a, an extraordinarily 
significant part of uh, and an important part of small of, of the economy, but also of community. I mean, you know, you look around your football, you know, you, Saturday morning, you know, your kids are playing football. The sponsors of and basketball and things like that. The sponsors are local small businesses. They are not, you know, the government. Uh, oh, look, I know, I know. One of uh, you know, for sins, our general manager has become the you know a senior person on the PNC at school. And if it yeah. wasn't for the you know the, the support of local businesses, um, you know that they'd be nowhere. So, so there's there's certainly that. I mean, six point eight million Australians are employed by small business. Now, you think, well, the population of Australia is twenty five million, but 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 no, not everyone one of those twenty five million is working. I don't no. know the size of the workforce, but I think that's nearly half of people that are gainfully it's, employed. It's, it's near enough to half. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember once um, uh, I very cheekily asked at a um, uh, I was I was I was attending. I can't remember what it was now, but but there was a whole bunch of super funds, and uh, I, I made the comment that um, you know half half of the people in the Australian workforce are employed by small business, uh, and yet ninety nine point nine 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 percent of of superannuation fund investments are in big business. Um, yes. Yeah. Obviously, there's some, you know, some interesting reasons behind that. But, you know, it is interesting that that, that it is a little bit lopsided. Um, what, and, and look, I mean, you've got their $68.6 billion worth of income tax, but of course, that doesn't include, you know, all of the um, all of the pay-as-you-go tax that, 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 that those employees, you know. So the, the contribution is absolutely, uh, yeah, is absolutely huge. Um, oh, so, at, yeah. at every level of the economy and of the social strata. It, uh, yeah. Small business is is... Uh, what, what, it, it's it's omnipresent. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I think the uh, you know the essence of uh, you know, and it's important that there's a strong uh, small business community because it's very important that people can uh, can 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 form uh, form enterprises, obviously, uh, because that's where innovation and future employment and all those good things come from. So, well, so getting right. back to the uh, well, yeah, so getting back to the report, then, I mean, what 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 are the most pressing challenges that small businesses are currently facing? And yeah, okay, so the the what we. This is probably what we already knew, but um, at the moment, you've know, come through COVID, uh, small business has shown how incredibly resilient it can be and how it can pivot to new situations, and a lot of small businesses were able to do that. A lot were not able to do that. But right at the moment, we've got this uh, perfect storm of uh, rising costs, declining uh, revenues, um, workforce shortages, particularly in skilled uh, labour and skilled migration, uh, and cyber security. And so... Um, the, and to sort of break that up a little bit, uh, there's uh, supply chain issues are, are still affecting everybody. And I know that in our business, in this business, which is in commercial finance, uh, we've got you know tons of clients who have ordered equipment and don't have it yet. Um, and of course, the tax incentive for that is going to run out on the 30th of June and got to go down to $20,000 of instant asset write-up. That's a whole other issue. Yeah, we'll um, come back to that. I've got that as one of my questions for later yeah, on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, thank you. Yeah. Uh, you've got the rising uh, cost of money, of interest. Uh, and then, of course, um, within the last week, you've had a wage case uh, where you had 5.75% uh, increase uh, uh, to the minimum wage. That's on top of the 7.1% last year. So, um, And, in fact, the, uh, uh, the the wage case in itself uh, was one of the, the, the reasons that the Reserve Bank just put up uh, rates by another 25 basis points. So, um, you know, that... that to say that we're not in a spiral is wrong, and to say that any of these things are not inflation. Well, the, the, the other thing, though, is it's... Well, we'll come to that as well, because I want to talk a yeah. little bit about that, that later on. Right. Well, but, but we the, might need a bit more time. Um, well, I reckon it's pretty simple, actually. But, but um, 
uh, it's not only so you've just rattled off a bunch of things there, and, and of course the poor old small business. I mean, they've got a, a whole bunch of compliance and red tape they've got to hit. We won't go down that rabbit hole, but I'm sure that's one of the things that that, that Cosboa is concerned about. I mean, to, to 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 actually start a business and to run a business. I mean, um, you, you know, you're full time making sure you're dotting your eyes and crossing your teeth so that you're not in trouble with with the regulators. So so yeah, if you're in a business that's small. You don't have a a compliance department, or you, no. you know that. The compliance officer is the is the shopkeeper. That's it. I mean, yeah, their job is yeah, yeah. head of accounts, head of marketing, head of PR. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so, 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 getting back to sort of those 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 key findings. Yeah. Okay. So there's interest rates. There's. I mean, you talk about supply chains. Now, I, I know that I speak to commercial finance brokers, particularly out of WA, but all around the country. They 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 can't. There's two things they can't get. They can't get gear. And 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 at, to this moment, um, uh, used you know the secondhand equipment prices are still really high. I mean, I know they're eased back a little bit, uh, but I keep an eye on used vehicle uh, used vehicles, and they're, they're still relatively high. Um, and that obviously speaks to the scarcity of of just capital goods, and that's without going to you know timber and all those other uh, all those other inputs. And then of course nobody can get uh, nobody can get staff either. No, that's right. So, I mean, through through COVID, you had a net loss of skilled migration. They all left, and uh, and it's taken some time for that uh, to be resolved. And so, and that still is not resolved, particularly in uh, in areas like catering and and um, uh, and restaurants and, and just delivery. So, uh, delivery of services. So, you've got that. You've got the, uh, uh, the it's costing more to employ people, and that's not just the wage case. That's also payroll tax. It's the superannuation guarantee, which is again just about to go up. Um, work cover premiums, all of these things happen in concert uh, at the same well, time. So. Another interesting, I, I saw an article today and I meant to clip it, um, I meant to clip it, but I, I don't think I did. It, it was saying that one of the problems, because everybody, I don't know if you've done it, but people say, where is everybody? Like, where are all, how come the cafe can't get on you? No one can get, where are these people? Um, and I saw an article today suggesting that um, larger companies are hoarding people. So they've got more people on their payrolls than than what they necessarily need. I don't know. Well, that's that... quite possible. The um, and I, I, it is quite possible because the, the there are there are people here, but I, I, there are certainly if you look at the students um, who actually fill a lot of those um, you know lower end jobs and, and part time jobs, uh, you know they left. They literally left, and um, mm. they didn't have uh, uh, resident visas. They had to go home. So uh, and it's taken a hell of a long time to get them back and. Um, and because other markets opened up before we did, you know, some of the perhaps the, the ones from the subcontinent who would normally have come back here have gone to Europe or to the US. So, but, but it's uh, not just that. The, suge the, the suggestion is that you know the large banks and the large accounting firms, etc., large professional services or services across the board, have actually are, 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 I've got more staff on their books than what they need. Well, and this is where, yeah, yeah, we have yeah, virtually yeah. full employment. Yeah. Mind you, there's yeah. a shortage of <laughs> that's because of the shortage of people. But yeah, no, I, I wouldn't yeah. disagree. Yeah, yeah, interesting. And so, tell me, the uh, the report uh, emphasises the importance of government support for small business. Um, so, are there some specific measures or policies that Cosboa recommends? Um, well, obviously, the government was was in boots and all during COVID with all sorts of different support mechanisms. You know, all from guarant you know guaranteeing loans through to um, you know through to JobKeeper and and all that sort of stuff. Um, so, so what 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 does Cosboa want the government to be doing to to help support small business? Well, specifically in a broad sense, they just really want government to get out of the way. 
and uh, uh, and not to have over-regulation. It's really, it's your earlier point. Um, every small business has to comply with as many things as a, as a much larger business needs to comply with. And so uh, deregulation would be good. Um, so, uh, uh, so that um, energy relief, of, we all know that energy costs are going up and that they're going to continue to do that. Um, and that gets passed on to everybody. So there are mechanisms that perhaps the government could put, put in place to assist with that. Um, assistance with cyber uh, security, and there, there actually is a program. I'm not, uh, I can talk about the Cyber Wardens program uh, with COSBOA, but, um, but really we just want from government policy that's fit for purpose, that doesn't have unintended consequences or that is, doesn't have overreach. Well, the unintended consequences. I mean, you see, you see policies come out, and you think that that, that is not going to work because we know exactly for every reaction, you know, the market reacts. Things change. You know, if you if you throw a left jab at me, I'm not just going to stand there. Like people, the market, the market is constantly bouncing back, and uh, and all the rest of it. I mean, there's just a couple of things that you touched off. When you say cybersecurity, I'm always a little bit wary of, of talking about that because I know nothing about it. But we'll come back to that second. Um, the first thing that you mentioned was uh, you, you talked about energy, and I know that uh, you know, Cosbo has uh, looked a little bit about this. So, what are the concerns there? The uh, I'll just simply well, uh, the cost of energy and um, uh, and the, the uh, just the the on uh, the input cost that that uh, uh, into your business uh, and the, the the ways in which you have to pass that cost on. You can't absorb it. You certainly can't cop a twenty percent increase. Um, in the in the cost of uh, electricity or gas or energy overall, uh, and just absorb it. So, uh, and the thing is that it's been going up and up and up. Now, there's a an argument about whether or not um, sustainability uh, sustainability is um, going perhaps too fast or, or going down the path of green energy is going too fast before we can replace the coal um, energy and the coal fired power stations that we've got. So there's uh, there's that sort of argument. We don't get into that. Uh, yeah, but certainly yeah. you've got to wonder um, how uh, the government thinks in the long term these costs are going to come down. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I wonder how coal prices are, are going down and gas prices are going down, but, but energy prices are going up. But let's not go down that rabbit, Warren. So, yeah, experiences of energy hardship vary from business size and business sector. So, uh, you know, so not surprisingly, I guess it's some of the larger ones that, that are that are suffering uh, from, from the energy costs more uh, by sector, hair and beauty. Okay, that's interesting. Childcare, oh, yeah. um, uh, engineering, you know, I mean, there's still, it, 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 as you get into the, the heavier stuff, as I say, engineering and manufacturing and transport and logistics, um, you know, they're all, uh, you know, they're, they're, all, they're all suffering. Now, I notice here, just across the bottom there, we've got some of the things that, uh, the, the desired solutions, that, that what SMEs would like to see is, payment flexibility, better communications, uh, direct contact and independent advice and removing the stigma. So any comments on any of those? Uh, well, they, uh, uh, well, well, they're reasonably self-evident, but the, 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 um, before you get to those, uh, really what we're, uh, what we're asking for or, or suggesting with, with energy is just uh, uh, some sort of clarity in terms of the way that the wholesale prices uh, are, uh, are set and um, uh, and, are, and are passed on. So, uh, but yeah, payment terms, uh, reductions, subsidies, things like that. it is actually possible for the government, notwithstanding the cost of energy, uh, to actually subsidise it. And of course, bear in mind. I mean, you look around your own office; uh, a lot more things are automated than used to be. And um, 
you've got more screens, more you actually use more energy in the course of your business and in your home uh, than you ever used to. So uh, you know, years in, in the fifties and sixties, I know it's a long time ago, but you had your TV and your kettle and your light switches, and that was pretty much it. Um, now, literally everything, your curtains, everything. I mean, it's all automated. So uh, uh, depending on, on uh, you know, the way your house is set up, but oh, we yeah, all need yeah. tons of energy. And when I was and a now, kid, there was one socket in my bedroom and that was it, oh, you know. And yeah. I, sta- I stayed in a in a motel. I, I went, uh, yeah, I stayed in a cheap motel up in Queensland, long story, but um, uh, it was an older building. Yeah, and there was like, I think there was two PowerPoint sockets. It's not like, you, you know, the modern hotels, there's USB sockets and USB-C. And you're right. I mean, we're all using a lot a lot more energy. Was there anything that that for, well, well firstly, yeah, I mean, when you're talking to your manufacturing, you're in Melbourne, so I guess you've got clients in manufacturing and it's not all, you know, it's not all manufacturing, you've got transport. And, uh, but, I mean, are, are any of those clients specifically complaining to you, you know, in your oh, business? absolutely. And they're, they're saying that their energy costs are up, you know, 30 40 50%. And this is, they're not small bills. I mean, you know, they could be $8,000 a week if, uh, you know, if you're in a large manufacturing plant. Um, and then the cost of putting solar panels on the roof is hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, it may or may not solve a problem or offset the, the cost of uh, of your production capacity, but certainly it's it's a massive cost. And it's you know behind um, uh, you know rent, uh, wages, um, uh, energy is is your is one of your biggest costs. And if that's continually going up, uh, then th- that affects your gross profit. It certainly affects your net profit. And you've somewhere that cost has got to be recovered. And uh, now, was there anything that was there anything that surprised you in these in these files? Well, the, um, you said uh, that some of the stuff you kind of expected, but but what sort of? Well, some you expected. I mean, there, there was there was a little more um, uh, information coming about it, uh, about technology and its impact, or the, the impact of changing technologies. Um, the, people are worried about uh, AI uh, and worried about um, new technologies, but they're also seeing them as an opportunity. It's either for any business, uh, and take AI as an example, um, your business or mine, um, it's either going to be an opportunity to do more processes more efficiently, or it's going to uh, make you redundant. <laughs> it's yeah. um, uh, it's it's so uh, you know, people are concerned about staying ahead of the curve uh, or ahead of uh, technology. So at least they know they can understand how to utilise technology in their businesses. So it's about opportunities and risks. Um, Navigating that digital transformation and not just being left behind by it, because it's very, very easy to sort of, you know, not keep up with it, um, and then to recover uh, or to catch up is very, very difficult, particularly with uh, operating systems and CRMs and software systems that you use in your business. Um, and then, of course, security. I mean, everyone's petrified of security, and I don't. Can you have just tell me, tell me, yeah. I mean, again, this, you know, we 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 obviously have, all, you know, being being what we are, we've we've got all different levels of security at the the local level at the server level and off-site and all that sort of stuff. I mean, what 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 did you find in terms of cybersecurity? What, you know, are people generally aware of it? Are they doing enough? Presumably not. What what what? Well, no, they're not aware. Struck you? This is the thing. They don't quite know what to do. So uh, and that they weren't as and there just aren't as many security points in the process as there should be. So um, and I'm not saying this to sort of promote it, but the uh, uh, the cyber wardens program was. Um, one that uh, uh, the, the government uh, uh, was promoting or uh, has set up. So, uh, but they need a delivery what, partner. What is that? Sorry, what is that? The Cyber Wardens Program is, and, and please don't ask me to get into the you know the detail <laughs> of how that works. But um, uh, the 
uh, and this is uh, uh, not, not on the uh, the part of the board uh, that, uh, or the part of Cosboa that uh, uh, will be in the delivery part of it. But uh, the Cyber Wardens Program is a government program, um, and the the implementation of it has been, uh, or the oversight of the implementation of it has been awarded to Cosboa on a three-year contract. It's twenty-three million dollars, um, but that's the cost of putting it in place. And the Cyber Wardens Program is about um, qualifying or, or educating more people about cyber and having more people in not just the supply chain but the technology chain of the people with whom you do business so there are more and more security points uh, in the business uh, in the technology part of the business that you're dealing with so uh, and the people that you, you just mentioned you know your IT providers um, people here in the office or people in your business or in your operating uh, part of your business uh, more and more people being more educated about what to do, what not to do. And, of course, there's other programs that go along with that in terms of um, uh, hardware and um, facility. Okay. But I guess uh, for now, if somebody, if, if you just Google Cyber Warden Cosboa, I suppose oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that's, that, that's uh, some well, information there. Just go straight to the, uh, uh, to the homepage of Cosboa and it'll be on there. Right. Okay. Um, all right. Now, finally, on the subject of Cosboa, before we sort of move, move off that, um, I understand that there's a new CEO. I mean, how will that uh, influence policy? Who, who is this, the new CEO and, and what sort of new perspectives are you expecting? So he's uh, Luke Actestrat, um, and I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, it's a Dutch name. I, I know that I am. Um, Luke is uh, formerly from the Property Council. He was, uh, I think he's on about day eight uh, of being the CEO of Cosboa. Uh, we... Uh, of course, you'd know that for many, many years, Peter Strong was the CEO and had a very, very high profile. Uh, Alexi Boyd was in the chair, was in that role for um, uh, a bit over twelve months, and um, uh, and moved on from that role. And we were, uh, uh, and policy was being run by the chair. But uh, uh, Luke's background is from the Property Council um, and from from being within government and uh, from being within a minister's office. So he understands the full. Uh, process uh, within Canberra, and he certainly can navigate all of that. He's very, very good on policy, um, and uh, not just at articulating policy, but developing policy. And you know, a lot of what we do with government is actually giving giving our insight from the ground level, uh, from our membership, of what members want and what policies will work and won't work, and what proposed policies will or, or may or may not do, or how possible or or impractical they may be. So. Um, and so then that's and it's not just being reactionary, but it's having foresight around policy as well. So uh, so I think Luke will be excellent in that. He's had a, a piece in the Telegraph yesterday, which you may or may not have seen. Uh, so he's, he'll be uh, very good at uh, articulating Cosboa's ideas and, and uh, points of view in the media as well as uh, in Canberra. Okay. Um, all right. Well, that's. Uh, I, I, I guess that's that's good to know. That's very. Uh, that's comforting, I suppose, for those that are closely watching um, watching Cosbo. Look, let's um, let's get onto a couple of other areas. Um, the, the big news. Oh, oh, by the way, I've just put a little ticker along the bottom of the screen there, uh, which is uh, anyone watching live, uh, please feel free to shoot us a question. Uh, ask us tough questions. David loves tough questions. Um, and uh, anyone who asks a question, we will send you a lunch money mug, which I don't have one right here. 
but it's a beautiful ceramic mug with uh, lunch money. They're quite a highly prized. Uh, they're, they're highly prized and very collectible. Um, so yeah, just uh, if you're watching on uh, LinkedIn or uh, Facebook, as long as you're live, obviously. Uh, um, no good sending it the questions in when we uh, when you're watching the replay. All right, now look, David. Uh, as I said, uh, interest rates are, are the big deal this week. Now I've got my own little insights into interest rates that uh, I'd like to share with you, if you don't mind. Now these, these this will take you back to economics 101 when you were at, uh, at school, um, but nobody's talking about this. Now, what I've got here is a lovely chart that I created uh, using uh, Reserve Bank data. Now, the red line is the cash, the target cash rate. So this red line here is the cash target rate, um, the RBA's cash target rate. And as you can see, obviously, it's spiked up, you know, from nearly zero to, to 4.1 where it is now. Um, now, this blue line is CPI. And you'll see that traditionally uh, the cash target rate exceeds CPI. Um, you know, there's all you would normally expect that that CPI is a couple of percent above. Uh, sorry, that the the interest rates are a couple of percent above CPI because if I if I lend you hundred dollars today, in twelve months time, it's, you know, I if if, if inflation seven percent, in twelve months time, I need at least hundred and seven bucks so that the money I lent you hasn't lost any spending power. Or at the moment. On those rates, money is losing spending power. Now, economists talk about real interest, and real interest is the interest rate adjusted for, for CPI, which just means taking the nominal interest rate, that cash headline rate, 4.1% at the moment that you hear about, and deducting interest, uh, deducting CPI. And you can see at the moment, and for some time now, interest rates have been negative. Um, so you can talk about why interest rates are going up and you know wage claims and all that sort of stuff. I, I look at this graph, and to me, there's one, you know, that 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 red line has to get back above the blue line um, or the blue line has to come under the red line. Now, I guess you might argue that the wage cases and what have you and all those other pressures, energy costs are forcing the blue line up. But the red somehow that 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 needs to invert. Um, have you got sort of any any uh, that's that's a question without notice. But any thoughts on that? Well, just explain, you know, the importance of net zero inflation, haven't you? The. And this is what the Reserve Bank's always trying to do. They're looking at the CPI. Well, they're, they're looking at a proposed or a forecast um, CPI uh, rate and um, and trying to set interest rates according to that, so that your cost of money actually is is net zero. So, um, but you've got to, to your point about one hundred and seven dollars from you know twelve now twelve months from now, uh, you've got to have a margin over that, and so interest exactly. um, would normally uh, be yeah. higher than CPI. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, most of our working life in finance, out. yeah. I mean, the interest rates that you've been, you know, you've been dealing with for, for most of our working life, mm -hmm. uh, that you know, it's been CPI plus plus a couple of percent. And it's upside right. down, which means that, you know, even your home loan. What's the home loan rate at the moment? Five percent thereabouts. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you're. I mean, this is not financial advice, but you're better off drawing down on your home loan and buying stuff now. You know, and and, and or or invest. And the trouble is, in investments. But look, I'm getting off topic. Now you're you're dealing with interest rates every day, as I am. But I mean, you're in your role, you know, as a partner at Quantum. Um, so what, how how is this affecting your day job? Okay, so it, it's surprising that it's not really affecting it at all. Uh, the in terms of the volume of business that we're writing, and, and um, we are ahead of where we were significantly ahead of where we were last year, and, and obviously the year before. But if you go back to pre-19, uh, uh, pre-COVID levels, back to 2019, 2018, 
uh, we're significantly ahead of that as well. So now part of that is the cost of goods has gone up. And so we're funding, you know, uh, each asset that we fund is more expensive than it was a few years ago. Uh, but uh, we're certainly ahead of what that, that than that CPI uh, uh, increase. So it hasn't stopped people. You hear, keep on hearing gloom and doom and uh, the economy is going to slow down. What you're hearing in theory is not actually happening in practice. And I imagine your business is the same, Nick. So um, yeah. people are still spending money. Uh, businesses are still investing in their business um, and acquiring new assets and, uh, uh, and borrowing to do that. And um, uh, the, the, the change in interest rates Go back to when interest rates were at their absolute historic low and they, you know, no one expected them to stay there forever. But if you had anything outside of what the normal big four banks were doing, you weren't paying those you know, record low interest rates anyway because the, it was really only the major banks who were offering money at the, at the yeah, absolute prices. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, a, like a lease on a car, for example, was down to, what, 2.9% or something? And oh, there were some yeah, oh, yeah, deals that were, yeah. were down there yeah. and, that, and that sort of equivalent... Uh, Pricing now is probably in the in the sixes. Well, it is in yeah, the sixes. Yeah, but, um, but the thing so is, the thing is, though, you, uh, 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 interest rates. I, I think that last rise that's really going to hurt. You know, and they are, it, certainly. Uh, well, apparently, twenty five percent of home buyers in New South Wales last year bought for cash, so it's not going to hurt those people. Um, but my, I, I, this green line I've got here: interest rates are negative, and negative interest rates stimulate purchase and investment because like we said if, if you can if you hold your money if you there's no point saving the money because you're losing value and mm. so it is stimulatory as counterintuitive as that is given given the level of interest rates so uh, but that's interesting so you're so you're you've you've mentioned a couple of things we talked about supply chain so it may well be that, that the fact that people just can't get gear they need the gear and if the if, the, if it's a couple of extra points it, it is what it is well, I mean, you look at the cost of interest. You've got to be more interested in what the exchange rate is. I mean, if, if you're if you're in a capital intensive business, you've got a lot more to fear from a change in the in the in the exchange rate than you do from a change in interest rates. Uh, so it, it's uh, and 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 the wage increase that's just been uh, handed down that's going to impact your business far more than a slight uh, or than a twenty five basis point increase, and even the collective uh, you know four hundred odd basis points that have uh, been factored in. But I go well, there's other stuff thing. going on too, the labour hire thing as well. But sorry, going well, back to... But in a business sense, um, if you're... Uh, and we only do commercial lending, and this is, as you say, this is not the financial advice. But if the cost of money goes up, what's the cost of not doing whatever it is that you are going to do? Uh, if you need to invest in your business, if you win a contract and you need to acquire new equipment to, uh, to, to fulfil that contract, then, well, if the interest is uh, slightly higher, then uh, that's just part of your margin. And... Um, uh, I mean, not to, not being flippant about it, but if you look at what the benefit is in what it is that you're about to invest in, um, it's not about the cost of acquiring it. It's about what it'll actually do for you. And uh, and if you think about things in those terms, uh, then you'll just need, you will factor in the cost of, um, of interest uh, as you do any other input. Oh, look, I mean, you know, I mean, it's the sales pitch for our business. You know, if, if uh, you know, if, if invoice finance is going to take 2% off your, uh, you know, off your top line because it's a discount on your invoice value, but you're going to double your sales and you've got a gross profit margin of 40%, you know, what, 2% is nothing. And I guess you're saying the same thing. I guess when you're doing equipment finance, it's always about if you're replacing a new machine or if you're adding, you know, if the machine's going to add capacity, 
then yep. it's all the economics on that added capacity and I guess generally an extra couple of points. I mean, it's always fascinated me that I remember when I was in leasing, I'm not now. But yeah, I mean, people would nickel and dime you like for $2,000 payment for, for 10 oh. bucks. You know, uh, and I had a great a great mentor that, that once, you know, used to say, well, for the extra 30 bucks, you get me, you know. <laughs> um, and it's not a bad, you know, it, 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 it used to work, you know. Um, so, um, yeah. So, but so those, those prices are a lot more aligned. Now, there's, there are so many more offerings out there in the market. And so the other thing that's helped the, uh, the broker profession is that there are so many offerings that people wouldn't otherwise be aware of if they didn't go to their, uh, to their broker. And, um, uh, and the broker is going to have a holistic view of uh, of their debt requirement over the next, say, 12, 18 months. And they're going to have a strategy behind how they actually put that forward. So uh, the actual cost, they're still going to get the best available funds um, that for which they qualify. Um, but they're also well, going you, to have a holistic view. I mean, I mean the, the subtext is you've got to talk to a broker, right? Oh, I totally agree, whether it's me yeah, or somebody absolutely. else. But you can yeah. certainly talk to me. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I, I use a broker for, for everything because, uh, and I'm in the finance game and trying to navigate the banks is, is nigh on impossible. I mean, I don't have the time or patience for it. So that's that's what you guys do. Um, look, we just uh, the final thing on interest rates. So you obviously, you're not, a, you're not a home loan person, obviously, but you do no. have, uh, I think you do have uh, someone working that desk in your, you know, under your roof. Um, you know, the, the, the cliff, is it real? Is it not real? I mean, what's, what's, What's the view? Um, what's the view at your place? Well, it would only be a cliff if everybody fixed their home loan rate on the same day. Now that that period of uh, the super low rates and the subsidy from the government uh, ran over several uh, months, I think probably six months, and so that the that adjustment period will be over a period of time. But uh, but certainly it's going to hurt a lot of people. And if you're on a fixed rate in the twos, and then you're going to go to an interest rate in the sixes, I think a lot of people may not in fact know what their repayment's going to go up to until they get the letter from the bank and then they're going to realise uh, just how impacted they're going to be by it. But it's not a cliff. Uh, yeah, it's, no, um, no, no, no. I think that's yeah, fantasy. It's like, it's like how people in my game talk about the, the ATO, you know, it, it's there, there's been no, there's no no wall of insolvencies that that's not the way the world no. works. There are always going to be people who uh, are less able to accommodate or absorb an interest rate increase than others but a lot of people have been using those super low rates to actually bank money and um, uh, to uh, you know fill their offset account or uh, or prepay their mortgage so uh, to actually absorb or to to help them uh, get through a rate yeah, I, don't, I don't have that uh, stat but i have used it before yeah there, there was a, i don't know what it's like now but there was an enormous amount of savings both at the business and uh, and the personal level listen we're, we're just going to wrap up i've got a couple more questions if anybody's thinking about asking a question this is your last chance um so a couple of things firstly uh end of financial year uh, there's the end, end of temporary full expensing, reintroduction of instant asset write-off. You, you had a couple of comments on that? Oh, I'm very disappointed that the uh, instant asset write-off actually ended in June of last year. Uh, I think there's a perception out there that um, instant asset write-off and temporary full expensing are the same thing. They're actually not. Uh, temporary full expensing uh, was a stimulus measure to encourage people to invest in new equipment and it virtually affected, uh, uh, applied to everybody. Uh, and it didn't matter the value of the asset. So there's very few. There's, there's a lot more uh, people who qualify than who don't. Uh, and but the problem is that you might have gone and ordered three or four uh, Kenworth trucks, or uh, uh, under that 
tax regime and you're going to get delivery in a different tax regime, thinking that you're going to get, you know, for every million dollars that you invest in your business, there's $300,000 in tax that you didn't think you were going to have to pay. And by virtue of something arriving in July instead of June, um, that's what the financial difference is going to be. So that's very disappointing. We had, uh, at CAFPA, through CAFPA, my uh, industry body, we had uh, suggested to Treasury in our Treasury in our budget submission that at least you could extend uh, that deductibility for people who could demonstrate they had an order as at budget night. They didn't take that one. Um, but uh, uh, we did ask for the reintroduction of instant asset write-off. But we suggested $100,000, not $20,000, and Cosboa's position was the same. Um, in a small business, an average small business, there's about, about three hours of accounting in uh, preparing the depreciation schedule. It's probably $300 an hour. There's 1000 bucks just to to, uh, uh, to account for assets that could otherwise simply be written off. And at the other end of it, um, there's the tax office going through that as well. There's The amount of admin that's required is kind of crazy, and there's no incentive to go and invest in your business if the maximum deduction for a single asset is $20,000. Well, the it's thing is, though, David, it's, it's not just yeah, it's not just investment in in the in the equipment because that hundred thousand dollar, if you did get the hundred thousand uh, dollar instant write off, that's 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 a hundred thousand dollars you can go and hire an extra couple of people. You know, it, oh, it creates you know, right. just immediately creates employment. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, so 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 it's yeah, instead of making those those choices. Um, all right. Well, just finally, what's what's the the what's Quantum's business outlook? Uh, well, we. Uh, We've got a lot of uh, our, our forward orders. We know what people are buying, and uh, uh, and we keep stats. And we've got obviously we've got figures on the approvals that we've got in place, and the ones that we need to have in place uh, between now and uh, this time next year. And uh, forward orders are actually very very strong. But there, it's mostly certainly mining. We've got a WA office which is uh, powering along, um, but uh, transport, logistics, materials handling, uh, supply, manufacturing. Uh, all of those um, uh, market segments are still going ahead um, and strongly. And um, uh, we are not really exposed to the uh, catering and um, or the restaurant and catering sort of segment of the market. Uh, we're more in the uh, the heavy equipment. But uh, certainly our outlook is, is fairly strong. But I, I none of us can quite work out you know, how long this is going to last. There's still going to be a fair bit of legacy from supply chain and things still arriving over the next mm. year or two. Um, and that will keep things going. You really, if there's any talk of recession, you're really only going to get through the next 12 months. And, mm, uh, and right, certainly I right, think we're right. quite comfortable that we can all do that. So, you, yeah, so you're not, yeah, okay, okay, okay. Um, look, just uh, as we as we wrap up, uh, how to, well, the best way for people to get in touch with you, I guess, is, is if you're watching this, give me uh, a there'll call. be a link. <laughs> we'll give David a call, but there'll be a link. Uh, there'll be a link. Uh, if it's certainly on it's LinkedIn, you just click on where it says David Gandalf OAM and you'll get through to him. Um, and if you're, uh, and, and if you're watching this on Facebook or uh, or uh, or anywhere else, uh, or Ditto, the Quantum sorry. Business Finance website, um, uh, or uh, I'm very easy to find online. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. What's the Quantum uh, website? Uh, quantumbusiness.com.au. Uh, okay, quantumbusiness.com.au. I'm not quick enough to type that as a banner, so you'll have to you'll have to forgive me. Quantumbusiness.com.au, or just click on the click on the link wherever you're watching this. Uh, all right, well that's uh, that's very good, David. I'm really thank thank you so much for uh, for um, coming along. You may be wondering where our other guest was today, Louisa. Unfortunately, she wasn't. Uh, she had a last minute thing that came up, so 
Uh, it was just the two of us, but I guess we would have gone for an hour and a half instead of 45 minutes if, if that was the case. <laughs> thank you very much for uh, for this, David. It's been fantastic. Thank you to Cosboa. And Pleasure, thank you. Thank you to everybody watching. Always great to catch up. Thank you very much. Take Pleasure. it easy. Cheers. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you.